The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host as always, Billy, and I am joined this week by Moxie Malone. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me, Billy. I'm super excited for this. Like I was saying beforehand and, and to those that are listening to this, hopefully the two guests I've got before this comes out, I've rescheduled with them, but I was getting like rescheduled all over the place. I've finally got a guest that we agreed, we scheduled, it's in, it's happening. So first question is always the same though. So how did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? Well, pro wrestling started for me when I was much younger. I grew up with a lot of male cousins. So as you do, I get into all the kind of wrestling along with them. Mainly like my older cousin, Dean. He was constantly watching it at a younger age, maybe early noughties. So I kind of get caught in, caught into it there. Kind of when I was at that age where I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be China. I swear. I'm still waiting for it. I'm still five foot two. So I've got some growing to go. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's how it all started, and then I kind of faded away for a bit, and uh, got into other things, and uh, then it came back round for me roughly around the Lesnar versus Taker, big Taker fan, so I was like, oh, the streak's been challenged, and everybody was in questioning, that's obviously when the streak was gone, that was heartbreaking for me, but um, yeah, that was when I roughly got back into it, and then I started questioning whether I could do it. As you do, you kind of think, oh, I'm sure it'll be easy. You get sign up, you go have a wee look and see what you can do. But for me, um, I had no clue about any of the UK wrestling scene. Never been to any shows, never attended anything like that here. It was always just WWE for me. So what I did is I done your good old Google search. Glasgow Pro Wrestling and uh, schools to kind of go to. And the first one that popped up for me was Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum. So I went on to it and I had a wee look through and all these names I didn't know were popping up. But I thought, ah, oh, this looks like good fun. Um, I'll sign up for it, see where it goes from there. If I like it, fair enough. If I don't, at least I can say I've tried it. So I think it was March, maybe 2017, 2018. I want to say 2017 was my induction. So that was how I ended up doing the wrestling as opposed to watching it as a wee nine-year-old kid. So, I mean, then you would have went into that. I mean, when you look at the, the, the guys that were tra- that started that training, it would have been uh, Lionheart, Jack Jester, Wolfgang, um, BT Gun, Red Lightning. These are all guys that were, of course, like the standard baiters of Scottish wrestling. And you went and just like, Oh, these are just the guys that are going to train me. Cool, don't know what they've done, but you know. No idea. <laughs> I walked in, and usually you get a re-induction, chat about what's coming up, what to expect, they introduce themselves, and I was still clueless. They probably don't know that unless they listen or watch this podcast, they'll know now. But I had no idea who they were, so yeah, it was all brand new to me. Um, so we'll go a little bit further back then to the start. You said early 2000s when you started watching. If you're if you're name dropping China, then it must be 2001 then, because that was kind of her last active, proper active year. Yeah, uh, I absolutely adored China growing up. Because um, I even watched all the older stuff, like 
uh, back in like 98 and things like that as well but um, China was a big mark for me like crazy admiration for her yeah, uh, just because she was like different from all the other girls where it wasn't like I'm not a girly girl I'm very much the tomboy all the way through and through so like uh, seeing, seeing China seeing her built like I'm like I'm going to be like that when I get older maybe one day <laughs> Um, so I mean in, in that kind of same vein then was Lita another one that, that caught your eye yeah Lita the Hardy Bros as well like I, I really really love watching them I was a big Jeff Mark as well so like crazy for Jeff uh, I think any girl at that age was uh, to be fair so probably wasn't just the only one but Lita definitely she was doing things that no other females were doing at that time like when she hit like insults and things like that you were like whoa there's a girl doing all this like fair enough the girls were doing like flippy stuff like you get your handspring back elbows and things like that I still can't do that so I can appreciate that happening but um, yeah it was it was more I felt more directed at me when it came to their kind of personality coming through no, no podcast goes by where Jeff Hardy does get mentioned as some sort of influence or some sort of of person of, of notes because uh well that but he was my favorite growing up uh, just because he looked cool. That's pretty much it. And even just going as far as uh, dressing up as him for Halloween one year. No pictures, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it was Hardy's just, they had everything, I think. They had the, the cool tomboy girl. They had the, the cool face paint or the, the cool hair. And um, yeah, Hardy's were just the best. So any other favourites when you, when you started watching? Um, Taker and Kane. The Taker always has a soft spot for me. Like, Taker was probably my first wrestling matches to watch. Like, the Inferno match has to be like one of my favorite matches out there. Between the Inferno and um, WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels, probably. And then there's, oh, see, I can, I can sit and name them all. Then there's when he faced Jeff Hardy for the Hardcore match. match and the ladder match. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. The way it was played off was amazing. Oh, I watched that back really really recently just because I was just in a mood to watch him wrestling didn't know what to watch I was like you know what the WWE just put up that match him and Jeff in the ladder match like I'm watching that that's just it's just I, I don't know how they made it so that uh, it was 2002 and Jeff Hardy could have been unspeed champion like how they did that play with the emotions is just insane it was great the storyteller of it and everything was really really good like so so as far as you get to your training then, you've met all these guys who you don't know. Uh, they've introduced themselves. What was, after that first session, was it just straight to Google going, right, who's who's this Who's this, uh, uh, Jack Jester fella? What's he like? Uh, was that pretty much it after that? Well, after that, I did go to my first EICW show to kind of watch them in action. That was probably my first Scottish wrestling experience. Uh, actually, it was a Barramania. It was Jack Jester versus Drew, Drew Galloway for the barbed wire. That was my first. That was my first ICW show to go see. So that was something. They, that that was pretty much eye opening for me because I only saw them as coaches at that point, and then I went to the show and I was like, "Ah, okay, these guys know what they're talking about." Then, fair enough. <laughs> uh, were you aware of Drew then? Because he would have maybe just been in that sweet spot of you. Missing. I remember him as Three Man Man. That's how Drew clicks in my head. I don't see Drew Galloway. I see Drew McIntyre, Three Man Man. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, it kind of gives me a giggle to see how much he's progressed now. Like, the guy is built. 
in comparison, he is huge. I remember meeting him for the first time and being like, okay, I did not like imagine you being this huge in real life, but he's an absolute gentleman. So yeah, a lot of a lot of respect for the guy. Absolutely, he's, he's definitely. He, I don't think I don't think because because the by twenty ring in in WWE, you don't really get the scale of these guys. Because I met Chavo Guerrero once, and I was just like, "Holy, you are huge!" This at his face, I thought I would have been offensive, but I was just like. <laughs> You are huge. How are you this big? <laughs> You're a cruiserweight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so first session, did you have any, any sports background beforehand? Did you do anything like a hockey, football, anything like that to kind of get cardio going? So I, I just watched a lot of hockey. I'm still into my hockey now. Um, but generally, I was just a like cross-country runner and things like that. I've done runs, sprints, so um, and the occasional gym gore. Like I was going to the gym back then maybe once a week. And then obviously got my ass handed to me with uh, our training regime where, oh God, it was insane. Like my legs were killing me for like a good solid two weeks, uh, just in squats alone. <laughs> but um, no, not, not so much sports background. Like um, I don't follow any football or anything like that. Uh, maybe done a few sports in high school just to get my pass grades and things like that. But genuinely nothing, nothing insane. So it was pretty much building myself from the ground up. Well, I mean, at least with the running, there's there's some sort of like foundation to build upon, and, and you got the, the cardio and the and the stamina, uh, so to speak. When you hit that first bump, then was it was it a reality check going, oh, this is going to be a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be, or to take it fine? What was what was that experience like? The bumps in general, I was generally okay with them it's the flip bump that gave me the fear so I'm not a flippy person and uh, my body just automatically planks if it decides it wants to go either backwards or forwards so it doesn't help me in any rotations usually so um, the flip bumping was something that gave me the genuine fear I was like oh my god I'm gonna land on my neck it's not gonna be good but um, I got over the fear which is fair enough and um, been practicing really flip out to do my flips <laughs> I've been going to flip out uh, with the other half Charlie and we've been just practicing doing forward flips and stuff like that managed to nail it so I could do a forward flip on a trampoline just got to nail it on the ground <laughs> I am so jealous because I, I follow a lot of, of trainees and, and wrestlers of course that are in that Glasgow area all I'm seeing is just trampolining and uh, this, this flip out thing so I'm just looking at it going I, have, I know I can't do that because my body's built like an ice cream cone, but I would be like, I would want to give it a go, but I don't think there's that many places up here. Maybe there's one Aberdeen. That's probably as close as I'm going to get. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's always the fear that if I go to a place like that and I just absolutely just demolish myself, I'm going to go back <laughs> and I try it again. I'd be like, nah, that's all right. I've done it. I've tried. <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely. Like for me, it was to start with. Um, I never grew up with any like trampolines or anything like that. So like going to trampoline parks is probably like the extent of how my trampolining skills are. But um, I like to think I've came along a bit more. <laughs> uh, so you did your training. So you said about 2017, 2018. I've got down here, now I know it'll be wrong, but cage match have you, has your debut in 2019 against Rosie Knight. Uh, but I'm assuming you'll have a gala before that, a battle royal of some description. I did. I done the Disco Derby in 2018. I think it was March 3rd. 
I that was the very first time in front of a crowd. It was great. I enjoyed myself. It was fantastic. Um, the girls were so great, welcoming me in, making me feel at home and stuff like that. Um, and I really did enjoy them. Enjoy the show. Like they put on a really good show for the crowd, and I really couldn't have asked for any more than that for like a kind of slight debut for myself. That that must be quite an nerve-wracking debut because not even like you're in front of of a GPWA crowd. You're not in front of of anyone like that. It's a brand new crowd, uh, a promotion that has a very rabid fan base. That kind of hybrid adult indie family-friendly thing that they've got going on. Um, how did that come about then? How, how did you get the call for the Disco Derby? Um, so, um, generally through the coaches, they, they really like to put the feelers out. If they can get you booked, they they will help you out. Um, BT Gunn has been a really good coach for me, like, just doing that. Like, him along with Casey have really been supportive. Uh, they've been helping me up in tenfold. Um, and then you've got Wolfie who's always there with encouragement so like they've all bringing in their aspects of looking about for you and going oh this will be good for you and I think with just a kind of Royal Rumble match um, it was the best kind of opportunity to go in and get a feeler for myself uh, to see how I'd get along without relying on me pulling out a full blown like 20 minute match on my own for the first time in front of a crowd so uh, no I've really got the to thank for it like it was them that kind of approached me and went, I put you forward. Um, the guy might get in touch. So Alan did, he got in touch with me. Alan's an absolute dream to work with as well. Um, can't even put a foot wrong about the guy. He's fantastic. He chats away to you. He makes you feel welcomed and everything, which is, again, nothing more than you can ask for when you're just stepping your foot in the door, you know what I mean? Um, but no, I had an absolute blast that day. Um, just meeting some of the new girls as well. None, the crowd in general had never heard of me, but they they popped for me something great when I came out of that curtain. So that made me feel awesome. So again, I think I need to thank the crowd as well for getting behind me, not not having a clue who I was, but they were still like, "Yeah, you can do it." Uh, well, that that I need to start putting actual months and, and dates on because I do have no 2019 did Disco Derby, and I've got 2019 to be Night, but I have the right order. Uh, but yeah, so. I mean, I think I didn't write down who was in it, but I know Sammy, uh, Sammy Jane, of course, uh, Debbie mm-hmm. Keitel, uh, Session Moth Martina. I it probably some of the, the most consistent names, especially Scottish and Irish wrestling, uh, in there. And then there's yourself. Hello, uh, me. Like, <laughs> hi guys. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do a promo beforehand because uh, I was watching that just before we went on, just to. Which makes me even more annoyed that I didn't write down dates. But yeah, so but yeah, so what, what was what was your kind of inspiration? Were you asked to do a promo? Were you just like, right, I need to actually get my name out before this happens? People actually know who I am. Um, what was your kind of thoughts doing that? That, well, that would be your first promo as well to go out to people. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, Alan had reached out to us and he was like, "It's up to yourself. You feel comfortable. You can put a promo and you can send it over to me and things." So I was like, "Yeah, of course, I'll have to do a promo. Like, no one knows who I am." So I need to like make people aware that I'm going to be there and uh, what my intentions are and how I'm going to be and things like that. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll get this promo nailed and hopefully send it over and they'll be happy enough with it and things like that. But um, yeah, no, like promos in general, I feel like um, you always need to practice like doing promos. Um, Cause when you do get asked to do them and you turn around and I feel like saying no is kind of like a slap in the face of them asking you to do the show you know what I mean like 
for me to turn around and go to Alan, ah, yeah, thanks for like having me on, eh, but I don't really want to put a promo across. To me, it just feels a bit unprofessional to just turn around and say no for them giving me this opportunity. And it does let me get myself out there. It lets me talk, give myself a little couple of minutes of just me. Eh, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. Eh, I know I'm new to the scene, but I'm here with passion and I'm going to make it work. So it really did give me an opportunity there to put it out and hopefully people kind of liked my my take on it. And then from that point, now, now I'm back on track here, uh, you had your first singles match then. Uh, it would have been would it have been a wrestling experience Scotland at that point or is it still GPWA? Um, wrestling experience Scotland by that point, yeah, the Deniston show. So that was against Rosie Knight, uh, yeah. which you won. So not a bad start to, to the whole career of Moxie Malone. Uh, what was it like getting to that, that first match then with nobody else around you, just you, you, Rosie, and obviously referee? What, what was that nerve wracking? Was that nerve wracking for you? To begin with, I was I was buzzing. Like, obviously, it hadn't set in that you, I'd be given my first singles match, and it was a Deniston show of all shows, not the usual GPW five pound show. So I was like nerve wracking building up to it, but I hadn't fully settled in until the day. And then, like, once I'd stood out that, that out, came out that curtain though, I felt like I was comfortable enough to come out and be the little well bitch that I said I would be. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, like even working with Rosie, I couldn't. She's amazing as well. Like I, I keep saying, folk are amazing. Like they've been really welcoming to me. Like they've been really understanding. They've been really like open with me considering that I'm basically just in the door eh, to be getting eh, singles matches and things like that so they've been really flexible with me and they'll talk me through things they'll have a wee chat with me and they'll make me feel like calm and settle my nerves if I'm, I'm getting to that point when I'm jittery because I get very fidgety when I get um, nervous so I start like playing with things pulling at stuff so yeah they were really good for that um, Again, it was Stevie, I have to thank for that match because he he kept me calm throughout the whole beginning of it and um, he's the one that gave me the kind of feedback when I came out as well. Uh, so, yeah, that one definitely does go out to Stevie, boy. Um, did you find it a little bit easier being the bad guy, uh, being able to, to immediately get a crowd against you? Um, do you feel it would have been a bit, bit more difficult if you had to go and do the come on guys, slap hands and, and all that kind of thing? I've always, I think, especially like in training matches, I've always felt inclined to be like the heel of the match. Um, mainly training with like the boys as well. Like it helps to be that little like sneaky little bitch coming in and being all, yeah, I'm going to be so mean. I'm going to pull your hair. I'm going to scream at the crowd and scream how it isn't fair. It's not going my way. Like, it just, I feel like it comes a bit more naturally to me. I don't know what that says about me, but um, I, f I do feel it comes more easy than um, to try and get people to like me. I don't know if that comes off right. But um, I, I just have more fun with it, really. Like, I, I, I like it when the folk are all, like, getting in my face and booing me and I'm kind of swaggering up to them and they're like, nah, I don't like you, boo, boo. They're like, you suck. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this 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 is working, this is great, this is fantastic. Is there anyone that you watch to get kind of a bit of inspiration from for that kind of thing? Is there any, any one particular 
that you kind of draw little bits and pieces from to create that character? Um, well, once I get into like the whole UK wrestling scene, um, then I got to like meet Kelly Ray, and obviously she took us for some coaching as well. Um, the way she comes across uh, when she's here is so great, like insane. Because um, you automatically just want to sit there and go, no, I don't want her, boo her, get her off. The, like, I don't want you winning, I don't want you here. Like, this person's going to kick your butt. But um, she's really good at the heel stuff, really good. Like, I feel like watching a lot of her stuff, especially against like Viper and like Casey and that, it's just, it's, it's, I kind of, I like to think I'm taking little bits from each of them and just kind of make my own little concoction of myself and kind of projecting that out in my own, my own way. But um, definitely she, she became the reason that I was very heelish because like, even when I first started like I was so nice like I was just like oh no I can't hurt you like I can't I can't hit you and the guys were just like hit me so I've become a bit of a hard hitter with the guys now like I don't know like um Eddie was saying why double slaps and I'm like well double chops to the back you don't see it coming so it's gonna sting more <laughs> like the boys know like anytime in training out of nowhere they'll get a a double chop to the back without a doubt from me just because the back's turned to me <laughs> uh, I mean that was a perfect segue it's almost like we planned it um, the next singles match I have no doubt is against Kaylee Ray of course uh, this is the same month that she won the NXT UK Women's Championship so start of the month was wrestling you end of the month was uh, winning the title takeover and uh, You've already mentioned Kaylee Ray and how she's helped you coach, but what was it like actually getting in the ring with her again in front of a crowd? Oh, I was absolutely nervous that day. I was like, oh my God, my my, my first five pound is against Kaylee Ray. I'm going to mess up somehow. I'm going to ruin something and I'm going to, she's going to hate me. Um, but no, I couldn't have asked for a more smoother match. It really did go pretty much smooth as anything and working with her is like it just she has that way of working with her where everything just seems calm and you're able to think forward and like she just has that effect on you and it's like honestly without that I think I would have been a jittery mess that day <laughs> definitely without a doubt so you made it through uh, unfortunately the single streak is over uh, defeated uh, by Kelly Ray and, and then of course 2020 came round and that was it the world ended uh, so uh, did you have anything anything planned during that time anything booked or, or what was what was kind of state of play just before the world ended uh, so as you say my last match against Kelly Ray for £5 and then um it was getting to that point, obviously, they were looking for more females to kind of put on five pound and things like that. At that point, I, I was training with Ellie and um, she came in not long after, I think, it, well, not long before I faced Rosie. And so she was still training and things like that. And then um, I think in future, obviously, we were looking maybe both of us going head to head, maybe in a five pound show uh, just to give some woman experience, like experience in the shows and just give that woman presence because when you go to a lot of five pound shows now and then 
is very main orientated right now. So um, to get that aspect of, yeah, the women are up and coming now, we're getting out there, there's more women, um, we can definitely put more shows on uh, with the women on board. But then of course, COVID hit and everything went down the, down the toilet for all that, any kind of plans going forward. Um, so it did, uh, I think, during that time as well, like I was in the middle of moving in with uh, my current partner, like Charlie and I, we just moved in. And uh, as soon as lockdown hit on the 28th of March is when we got our keys. So we were like, how are we going to move? As well as like during the lockdown where legally you weren't allowed to move anywhere, you weren't allowed to do anything at this point. So um, all future things, just like when training stopped, I think that's what hit most. I think a lot of the guys would probably say that as well. When they can't get to training, you're just lost. Like you've been doing it for so many years and then suddenly it just all stops. You can't train, you can't go to the gym. So it was uh, it was pretty hard hitting. And I felt like in that year, I'd so slowly kind of faded away. And I was like, any presence I may have caused or any surges I may have caused with some folk would, would have been completely lost. So uh, my mind was just going, oh no, I'm going to have to come back and like reinvent myself and make sure that I'm, I'm here again. So I, I'd like to say, hopefully it's on the up now. Um, just thinking about that when you said, uh, Chris, you and Ellie uh, were kind of starting to train together. Um, I've spoken to Ellie before on, on this show, but uh, it seems to be, when it comes to, especially uh, females coming out in, in and out of wrestling, it's always in duos. I've seemed to find... Because uh, you would have had, of course, Carmel, Kaylee Ray, and then uh, Viper and Bet Noir, uh, Sammy and Debbie, Ashley Vega and, and Angel. There's always seems to be a yin and yang when it comes to it. So the, the plan, hopefully, is going to be yourself and Ellie. It's going to be that that yin and yang coming out of, of all this lockdown stuff. Oh, definitely. Like, we've had some great training matches, and I'd love to like the crowd to see you like one of those matches just live because we've had some great fun at one point actually i don't know if she may have told you she actually broke my nose in a match <laughs> so well, she left that one out <laughs> yeah she must have left that one out yeah she back elbowed me and my nose just went and there was blood everywhere and it was lionheart that was taking the, the training at the time he was just like are you okay do you want to stop and i'm just like no like it's just that once you see your own blood you just go crazy and you're just like amped so the adrenaline just kept going and then I think I managed to reset my nose doing um, going in the hard way which I'm terrible at I'd always land inside the ropes so the rope always hit me right bang on the nose and I managed to reset it for me so I didn't even need to do like a emergency appointment to get my nose reset couldn't done for nothing I, I can't even imagine how that would have, how that would have felt. Um, so yeah, during that time, then of course nothing's happening. Uh, it was I think it was you said March twenty eighth when you got your keys. I think it was March nineteenth. Everything kind of closed. Uh, how did you keep yourself occupied then? I know I know you do uh, artwork. So was that kind of your escape during that time? Yeah, basically around the lockdown, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I don't know how long this is going to last, and I don't know how long it'll be until we're back even just training never mind matches so I actually looked into college and I joined college so I I'm currently studying illustration at college in Glasgow 
and uh, that's kept me going for quite some time apart from like your usual home workouts which a lot of people will probably agree do get bored of really easily like unless you you're able to change it up like every now and then it does get a bit dreary but um, no we went big walks to as far as we could uh, the weather was so good at the time as well you felt like you were missing out on everything um, but no my artwork just kind of put my head down with that and got all my artwork out and got to the point where I'm selling some prints so I was like quite happy with that um, so yeah my artwork's pretty much something that I kind of put my head into and I was like contemplating looking at tattooing as well so I was like looking at that kind of stuff but obviously the lockdown you're not going to get tattoo artists looking for like tattoo apprenticeships and anything like that like studios are just going to be like no <laughs> We, we're already backed up we weren't fully qualified artists so it might be some time if I do delve into that. Uh, but yes where the artwork uh, was that always something you'd be interested in doing have you ever always done drawing uh, what's your kind of style? Uh, my style is I'd, I'd like to say like I grew up with comics so I'm a very big comic fan like your Jim Lee artwork and things like that I've, I've always admired um, I've been drawn since a young age as well like as, as long as I could hold a pencil and I had a bit of paper, I, I was happy. Um, so I just kind of adapted it further. Like I fell away from it a bit and I'd done music for a while and then I came back to it and that's how I ended up studying again. So like even like my prints, I've got one here, like those wee prints there, got them kind of printed out. I'm selling them just now and they're doing quite well. Like I've been throwing wee free stickers in with them as well. I'm like, yeah, have, you, have a wee sticker, it's that good. But um, yeah, just getting into like myself used to like the costs of printing and things like that definitely has helped me through the lockdown. Like get used to all, uh, all the kind of the kind of nitty gritty bits of it you don't really want to look at without having to like sell things on and things like that. And you're just like, oh, now I need to look at like presentation and look at where I'm going to sell it, how much I'm going to sell it for how much it is to print so like it did take me some time to just go right okay I can sell prints I can do this so I just flung that out as a thing like that was one of my college projects so it was like simple enough for me to go oh yeah I'll take that and see how it goes and it's in my own image as well so even better. Um, so I mean I know it's of course got play tattoos that again is that stuff you spoke you spoken about uh, possibility doing tattooing have you, did you design all your own tattoos is that Again, another another thing you wanted to do and and uh, put your your own mark on your own mark, I suppose. Yeah, like a lot of my tattoos, I do have like some drawn inspiration from. Like I'll go in with the sketch and I'll be like, I want you to kind of try and keep the idea that I have here, and um, just kind of I'll let them put their own kind of little curve on it. Because um, I do I do I do like a lot of like artists that I go to. Like I've got one planned for. August I'm gonna go get my late dog tattooed on my hand so that'll be fun. Hand tattoo I've not had one of them in a few years so time to go back and get the other one done. Um, but no definitely I do enjoy like doing little my own little mock-ups and just kind of seeing how it goes and try to develop my style a bit more so it's been a lot of fun for me just over the lockdown it's given me that time to just kind of find my own kind of style so it's been um, when it comes to that. Just more out of curiosity, because I, I work in an office job, so I've never actually thought of getting a hand tattoo, but every time I see someone, so I'm like, that's fascinating. I, I would 
I would like to see how it would. I don't know how sore it'd be though. So on this, on the on the tattoo scale, how's a hand tattoo in comparison? The hand isn't that bad, honestly. On my like the chest was probably the worst. Like right down the sternum, like I was getting breathless to the point where like you had to keep stopping every now and that was done in a few sittings, whereas my other ones have all been done in one sitting. Um, but yeah, the chest right down the sternum was the worst. Hand, I would say, was actually fine. Uh, it was my brother that came with me when I was getting it done, and he was the one that ended up throwing up. So <laughs> I turned around and he was gone. <laughs> I was like, okay then. No, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something I don't, let's say, because I work in an office job, I don't think, I don't think uh, folk would look at it very kindly, but. Just, they're just fascinating. I'm, I'm still just working on building up the arm and then working my way up. Um, not doing the other one because I broke it and it's just, it's always a constant pain. So I'd rather not have a needle going into it uh, if I can avoid it. Um, so, so yeah, so during all that, you got the call to do some behind closed doors tapings. Um, again, how did that come around? Was that was your, was your name put forward? Because I know BT Gum was on those shows, Stevie's on those shows, was your name put in? in the pot? Uh, it was actually uh, Wolfie that put me forward. He was the one that contacted me and said you should give it a go and he was the one that put me forward for it. So that's how I ended up on tapings for that. I ended up against uh, Angel Hayes, which was a completely different experience. Not having that crowd is so often, so often not hearing that noise of well, any noise really. But uh, it was, it was good fun to like get in and be able to get back at it, like from not being at it for months. But I was at that point where I was like, oh my God, I've not wrestled a person in almost like six, seven months. This is going to be horrific. <laughs> I'm going to be in so bad shape. Uh, I was just questioning everything about myself. My nerves were racking. Uh, my confidence had plummeted as well because I hadn't trained since basically they told us lockdown was happening and I was just like oh my god like I can't say no to this opportunity but at the same time I was like what have I got myself into? <laughs> it's not one of those companies that you when they throw an opportunity like you throw, they throw you a bone you're not going to turn around and be like nah I'm okay thanks <laughs> it's okay. Um, so at what point were you aware that it was going to be on the WWE Network? Um, so basically they'd let me know when they'd finished like kind of the editing and got that all fixed up. Uh, they were like, yeah, we're working with WWE on the WWE Network. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's wow, okay. But uh, yeah. I, I marked out myself like I was just like especially like when it finally went up and they used my image on the and I was just like that, that's me <laughs> um but it was actually it was Molly Spartan that I messaged me and went oh your match is up in the WWE network and she sent me like a wee screenshot or something and I was just like that is so surreal like going from like as a tiny child watching so many people like go through WWE and then to be aligned on the same kind of networking channel as them it really it blew my mind like nine-year-old me would have been like trying to do backflips I guess but yeah I, I 
I was so so happy to see it there but very very nerve-wracking as to how people would have felt how I came across because uh, as I say working with a crowd like the crowd make the atmosphere like you can put on one hell of a match but I feel like the crowd really do contribute so much to it. So, so are you quite thankful you didn't know when you were doing that match then with, with, with Angel Hayes that it, it, it was just going to go in your mind it was just going to go on ICW on demand that'll be it usual fans will see it all good uh, but do you think if you went in knowing that it was going to be a couple of million people that would be seeing it or now 42 million on Peacock uh, that are going to see it would, would that have just heaped a bunch of extra pressure that you did not want? Oh like I I don't even know how I would have taken that really because um, even at that when I went in for the taping I was like they're probably going to tape it and they're just going to go nah we're not using this throw it away you know what I mean so I was just like I'll go in and I'll put, out, I'll put a match on and see how it goes and uh, well, it did make the it made the WWE Network to my surprise um, so to even like even if I knew from the get-go I was just like oh my god I'm going to be on the same networking channel as Undertaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's something that I would never have thought in a million years that I'd be in line with. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, when you, when you came back into WrestleMania 30, I think that was the first proper big event that was on the WWE Network. Because uh, I remember having to uh, have an American address and sign up for it to, to actually watch WrestleMania 30. Uh, was it WrestleMania? Oh, it was WrestleMania 29. My apologies. WrestleMania 29, because it was Undertaker at CM Punk. But uh, yeah, so it's still yeah madness to think that uh, that you, you've made it onto the same. You could be searched in the same search bar as The Undertaker, as I don't know if China could be searched. That's a bit odd, that kind of thing. But uh, seeing yourself as a thumbnail, though, was that just shared? Everyone, everyone in your in your friends list get sent the, the thumbnail to show that though my face is on WWE Network, there it is. I was like, this is it's me, guys. Look, it's me. And like all oh, my friends were really supportive and all like the family have been really good as well. Even though like the family don't want me wrestling. They're like, it's too dangerous. You can't do this. I'm like, that's fine, I'm I'm okay. Like, nothing's happened yet. And like, how many times have you broke something? And I'm like, I'm just clumsy. That's 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 just clumsiness on my behalf. Like I am notoriously clumsy, but um, no, the the family and the friends like I was just like firing this over to them. Like, I get this is real. This is me. I'm not photoshopped. I swear. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, once I got them like watching it and things, they were just like, oh, well done, go you. Like you've kind of taken that step into the direction that you kind of wanted to go and. They're really, really happy and supportive about it. So, nice. As I said, like being the thumbnail though, that was that was a very big shock because I just thought there's other people on on those cards that they could have put on there, and they chose to obviously use my face. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's um, that, that's me. Uh, so I mean, that's pretty good. Good uh, going. You went from training twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen to being WWE Network. By 2021, job done. I think there's not much more you need to do but at this stage. You probably finish quite happy. Uh, but, but during all this as well, uh, you've been once things have been able to open up since that that taping, you've been working at Iron Girders. So of course that's Wolfgang's uh, gym, which is now being 
Is it is it pretty much now where GPWA stuff's happening, or is it still? Uh, no, it's a separate like um, it's a separate separate gym. It's on basically the other it's the east end of the city. Um, it is pretty much rigged out with his own ring. I mean, who doesn't want their own ring? So yeah, lucky, lucky so and so. Um, but no, um, opening that up for us like once all the lockdown eased and we were able to go back to gyms. Being able to go in and like I just go in and I just spar with Charlie and we just we just go crazy, battering the hell out of each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, opening it up to us, uh, it really has helped out a lot. Um, even just the one to one classes, they do their own kind of one to one classes. It's very similar to uh, the asylum ones where you can go in <clears throat> and they'll train you. They'll take you through, warm you up again, get you used to hitting the ropes, getting you used to bumping. Um, that ring is a lot harder. I will say that. His ring is a lot harder. The first time I took a bump in that, I nearly cried. <laughs> but um, no, like being able to use a gym and the ring, uh, basically go from one to the other in the space of settings has really helped. And um, it's helped me build my confidence back up as well. As I said, like not physically training for so long, I questioned whether I could do any certain moves anymore. And I was just like, oh God. So as I said, getting in the ring with Charlie and throwing him about a bit kind of helped out a lot. Uh, I mean, I've had, I've had a couple like couples, uh, well, one half of the couples on, like uh, like uh, it's Anastasia, of course, with Leighton and, and Sarah Breed Taylor with, with Dickie Divers. And uh, do you find that, that there's been an advantage being able to like live with Charlie and, and being able to bounce off ideas, maybe practice some things just in and about the house and the garden? Uh, you find that's kind of kept you sharp and at least have a little bit of confidence, even though you needed it built back up a bit. Definitely. Like, I genuinely don't think my confidence would be, like, I think it would be rock bottom if I didn't have uh, him kind of supporting me and letting me try out moves on him. And I guess vice versa. I mean, his backbreaker isn't the most fun to take, let's put it that way. Um, there's been a few times that I felt winded from taking it, but... Um, no, definitely. Being able to just kind of battle off ideas as well, where we're like, you should really try doing this, or have you ever tried doing that? So it is being able to battle off each other's ideas and be on that same wavelength eh, and being able to talk wrestling, really. Like, because I've had past partners where I've like rabbited on and on about wrestling and they've just been like, right, okay, crazy, psycho, like, but. Yeah, being able to battle off each other with that. We'll sit and watch matches from like years ago or like present ones as well. We've been watching, well, I've been watching a lot of like April Davis, David's stuff. That's, um, I find her aggressiveness like insane. It's a shame I never really got to see her or will ever really get to face her. I'm sure she's retired now. But um, no, just being able to battle off each other really does help a lot especially when you're so you're equally as passionate about it as well because um, we could just sit all day and just talk wrestling really I think uh, the April Davis match which is I remember anyways when the early female shows um, remember that there's, there's there's some there's some hidden gems in there that people might not remember I think another one I liked was uh, uh, Emi Sakura I think her name was is that her name? can't remember uh, off the top of my head but uh, yeah there's there's some they're different, just different wrestlers. April Davis is like nobody else, I don't think, uh, in, in wrestling in general. Uh, you say you're watching modern wrestling, past wrestling. What's your kind of vices 
uh, pardon the pun for Charlie, but uh, what, what should be your kind of vices? Uh, any particular companies or, or like say April, any other wrestlers that you could focus on watching matches of? Recently, we've just, we've been tuning into the WWE Network really and we've just been going to each other, right, pick a year. So I'd pick a year and then he'd pick a match or a, a pay-per-view or a Raw or a SmackDown and then I'd pick the match on it. So we'd just go from that. So I'd be just, we're just kind of back, back forward from that because we'd recently actually just watched the Inferno match again for the first time in a few, maybe about a year or so the other night. And then that's just us just going back and forward going, right, what year this time? What, what, what match? What pay-per-view? So it's really just random, random matches we'll sit and watch. But that's been our recent little thing that we've been doing recently. And they, it's it's bringing back matches. I'm going. Oh my god! Yeah, remember that match? Uh, any any po- any proper obscure ones that that folks should kind of maybe have a wee uh, look at again. Oh, see, this is where it's, you need to talk to Charlie. See if anything I think from maybe 2001 or 2003 forward, he'll be able to tell you exactly what raw, what date it was, what number in the card it was. His memory for matches is insane. Like, he'll be able to call it to you like that, and you're just like, how do you remember that? That was a random Smackdown taping from God knows when, and, like, the most obscure matches he'll be able to tell you. But, That's fine. Hopefully when I get Charlie on in the future, I'll just, I'll just quiz him for an hour. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Highly recommend it. It's, it's insane, his memory. Uh, so I'm going to head over to Eddie Castle's questions now because he sent far too many, but uh, very much appreciated because it, it, uh, I think a lot of these, because of course he knows you, I'm assuming, or out of that or he knows a lot about you. Um, that, that, uh, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> I was weird, I was, I was trying to remember his name, but I was just, without looking at Twitter, and I was thinking, Frank Castle, no, that's Punisher. And I just had that in my head afterwards. Uh, anyway, right, we'll start with Eddie's questions. He's put, what's your favourite pop in your collection? Of course, this will be Funko Pops, I'm assuming. Yeah, he knows I've got a crazy addiction to... Well, we both have got a crazy addiction to Funkos. Uh, I'm surrounded by them just now as well. I think right now, I recently got acquired this little guy. I think he's my favourite. A little ah, stitch. For, for those on the audio, uh, it's it's Stitch in the like rocket. Thing. Uh, I keep I keep trying to look for more obscure ones, but I end up just with that mounted WWE ones because I mean I've started a collection now, so I'm really gonna have to finish that before I can go anywhere else. Because out of that, I'll have a hundred weighted Deadpool's everywhere. <laughs> Far too many. Um, speaking of that, when I was getting married, um, wife and I got each other like. Like, like boxes the night before just for fun little things and she got me a one of those mystery packs it was Deadpool just a mystery packet thing opened up but it was uh, him in a chicken costume with, and I've never I don't believe in fate too much but I've never seen one that just epitomised me so much <laughs> I was just like eating a, a bucket of chicken I was like you couldn't have picked a better one I think really she was hoping for the one. That, level. <laughs> uh, I think she was hoping for the one in the suit, you know, like all smart. <laughs> but no, no, that had to be the one. Had to be. Um, oh. Right, he's going to Digimon. So I think why Agumon over uh, Gabumon? He's trying to wind me up because he knows I like Gabumon the best. So I'm a big like I, I'm over. I'm more Digimon than Pokemon. 
So I grew up in that kind of little era, so I was obsessed with Digimon, which tried to wind me up. He knows I like Gabblemon better. Uh, is, is either of those the one that's like the blue dinosaur that's yellow with the blue That's Agamon. Ah, okay, right. So he's, he's trying to wind me up and say that's my favourite, but I like the little dog one, anything canine, and I just automatically go, why oh, is so cute? Of course, because your, 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 your profile is just, I like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I would introduce you to, to Sandy, but she's probably huffing right now because I'm speaking to anyone but her. Oh. Uh, she's, she's probably asleep in the, she's, she's taken to sleeping on the front gate, like at the front gate, oh. which is great, but she looks like she's melting now. It's just, oh, it's no. great. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this one without even knowing. Uh, which Pokemon fire dog is better? Arcanine. Goes Arcanine, Houndoom, Entei, then it goes Ninetales, and then it goes Flareon. Where's, where's Crowley in that? Oh, he's he's in with Arcanine. They're the kind of uh, evolutions. All right. Yeah. Uh, who's her boys? My boys. See that that confused me for a while. It was like, was he talking about my my boys as in the actual like Arcanine and stuff like that, or is he talking about boys as in my asylum boys? <laughs> so. Can you spell it more clear? I mean, I thought it was like uh, I don't know if you watch West Ham Review at all, but like your 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 guys that were a bit rubbish, but you just can't help but love them <laughs> kind of guys. Uh, like my Scott Hoy, always always do be a boy. Um, but yeah, so we'll go for both then. If you if you want to answer either or, uh, who, who are your Asylum boys? Who's your who's your Poker boys? Oh, they well, my Poker boys are. My Arcanine, my girly. That's, that's a no-brainer. I've even got Arcanine tattooed on me, so I can't say no to that. But the Asylum Boys, like, they're the best guys there. They're like a second family to me. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better trip, really. So, yeah, they're, they're my boys, too. <laughs> and he, he's asked, uh, who'd, win a, who'd win fake Wolfgang, which is two brackets you, Gotta really clarify that, otherwise she'd punch me. Uh, or a real Wolfgang. Well, this is because I dressed up as Wolfgang for Halloween one year in our asylum night out, and Wolfie gave me his gear to wear. <laughs> so I had a fake goatee and um, Wolfie's cut off and his actual stinglet on, and I was dancing about the cat house dressed as Wolfgang. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, Wolfgang would beat my butt. I can't say no to that. <laughs> he has a few times, so. <laughs> is is uh, Halloween one of your favourite holidays then? Because when I was, again, doing my research, not that I'm stalking you, uh, I saw an absolutely amazing Halloween costume in Vase Ventura. So, yeah, I love Halloween. Yeah. It, Halloween. Or any excuses to dress up, really. Yeah, I love dressing <laughs> up anytime. Like, if I could dress up, like, all year, I would. If I could get away with it, but yeah, no, Ace Ventura was my work night, uh, my work Halloween dress up, so that was fun. I think it was Leah took the photo, um, photo magician that she is. But, oh, I had fun. I was walking about as if I was Ace Ventura that day. It was great. <laughs> How many people did you have to ask a question to? Just, just out of curiosity. <laughs> so many, like. I think customers were just like, please keep her away from me. <laughs> I was just so into it. I was just like, they're like, she's great, but oh my God, she's so too much. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta love Halloween. It's, it's one of those films that I, I watched recently and even though I enjoyed it, 
I was very aware once it ended going, they can't, they would not make that now. They, you <laughs> can't, you can't make it now. Oh, <laughs> it's, definitely not. It's, it's uh, yeah. Um, same with actually, all those, I don't think you can make Dumb and Dumber, definitely can make Dumb and Dumber now, just for the Tweety Bird uh, scene. And, yeah. uh, oh, The Mask, what a year. Night wow. four, was it? Ah, what a classic. Amazing. Uh, no day goes by where I know my wife by singing Cube and Pete. Um, so <laughs> it's also asked, well, you already answered it, why double hand back chops? Why not? Was... Why not? Like, I don't know how that even became about, but that became my favourite thing to do and it just kind of became part of me. So anytime any of the boys' backs was turned to me, it was just like, boom, right in the back. A few times I've had the little, with them walking away like that. Uh, Rab, Rab Romero takes it like a pro though. He just turns around and smiles at me and goes, all right, pal. And I'm like. <laughs> it's, it's no fun if you don't, if you don't squeal. <laughs> I like it when you're stinging. <laughs> Make it sore. <laughs> and uh, why is he your favourite person to wrestle? <laughs> We've had some good, good training matches. Even tag matches. We've tagged together a few times and had some really good ones. Um, he's good fun to wrestle he's always on board with a lot of things like he makes it so easy he's a, he's a good guy really he doesn't want you to think that but yes he's a good guy <laughs> um, so taking a wee look into the future then because of course nothing's happened um, oh no I've got my two stupid questions which I'll get to in a minute uh, but uh, is there any, any wrestlers out there like your immediate goals uh, bucket list that you want to face once shows properly start opening up Oh, so many, so many. Like, as I said, I was blessed from the get-go to get Kaylee Ray on my second singles match. Like, I, I, even if I like tried really harder, I don't, I'd never thought I'd get that. Um, but yeah, I'd love to like be able to face so many of the new girls as well coming out. Like, I'm dying to have a match with Casey, a uh, Molly. There's just so many of them. I'm just like. I, I just want to get in the ring and have fun, you know. But um, here's hoping for the future that um, maybe you'll see us go one to one or two on two. Who knows? And uh, I mean, a little bit further afield. Then, what's what's the goal? What's the end game? What's the moment where you could go right? That's it. I've done everything I wanted. I can I can quit quite happily. I don't know. Like right now, I'm just in it for the fun. Like, I feel like uh, as long as I'm having fun, I'll still be here. At the point where I feel like the fun stopped, very much like gambling, <laughs> then I'll probably stop. I mean, that's me. I'm hitting 30 this year, so I'm just like, I'm getting on in my years already. I feel I feel like looking at all the other younger girls, like your angel hazies and things, I'm like, I'm the older one now. I'm so used to being like the little girl out of everybody, but that's me hitting 30 this year. Like, what's going on? Where's the years gone? Where'd my 20s go? <laughs> As someone who's who will be 31 by the time this goes out, it, it hurts. It, you don't think it would, and you try and brush it off. You think, ah, it's just another year. I don't know what it is, but as soon as I hit 30, uh, I, I could no longer have fun. <laughs> Brain. The, the hangovers decided to, they go by a day delay now. So if I go out drinking on Saturday, I think I'm still drunk Sunday. And then Monday, I want to die. Oh. So uh, enjoy that. And uh, I can no longer eat spicy food or anything that's pickled because oh, it makes me unwell. So these I are all love things. I that... spicy food. Don't tell me this. 
Actually, I think that was where I got my tonsils out, and then I could not no longer eat spicy food again, and it was around about the same time. So I think that was just a bad coincidence. But yeah, anything pickled, love me a pickled egg. Can't eat them. Don't feel well mm. afterwards. So, See, so yeah, thirties. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thirties are going to be fun. Um, I mean, other good things you you have to pick a you have to go a little bit to the right to tick boxes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, like, even just taking that over 25, I'm like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and also when you're scrolling TikTok and they go, anyone over 25, you go, ah, he is, he is. Oh. <laughs> the good thing is I'm still getting ideas for, like, energy drinks and Asda, so I suppose that's okay. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time I was ID'd for anything. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a hard paper round. <laughs> Uh, right, so a couple, a couple of our stupid questions then well, I'll ask you, because I think you'll actually enjoy them, because just from this brief chat we've had, there's blood up your street. Uh, first one is, what's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, Velociraptor. That's, I love it's, a Velociraptor. It's a classic choice. It's, it's quite a common one. And the other one we ask is, what would win the fight? Two sheep or one cow? Oh, two sheep. Definitely two sheep. You see sheep? They're scary. Cows are so docile. <laughs> two sheep will definitely win that fight like they're fast the, the headbutts in them alone oh my god no definitely cows just want hugs <laughs> they're just big dogs yeah just want pets all day I I, I appreciate the confidence I just, I just, anyone that uh, it has a reason or is just so confident in the answer I'm, I'm not going to argue with them it's just so it's, I've, I've had I've had folk try to, try to like get around it is it a ram is it is it a Highland cow? It's like no, no just that's the question. Your imagination is the rest of it. Just go for it. Uh, so so uh, yeah, like I said, we've we've discussed who you want to wrestle, who you want to get in the ring with. As someone who went from, as I said, to debut in their home promotion, so to speak, you went to Discovery. Is there any other companies that you want to try and get to, uh, whether it's the UK or abroad, or any companies you want to wrestle in? Honestly, I'd like to go anywhere and everywhere. Like, I'd like to get all the experience under the belt because, like, not every company's the same in how they run things or how they put things over. So, I really would like to like go in and experience it all and get to meet the new girls and all the, all that kind of stuff. Because, like, right now it's just like a small kind of little group of girls that I kind of can talk to and I know a lot of. Um, but mainly, uh, I think my group is all boy based just because of the environment that I've kind of trained in and things like that um, but no I'd love to go and meet all the girls like in Northern Ireland and even over in Ireland and things like that as well like I'd be more than happy to just kind of travel about and get to know all and see the, all the ins and outs all the different ways in which people are kind of doing things really even like different training skills like I'd happily just kind of saunter in sometime and be like oh there you go <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, open horizons, like my, my books are completely open to people, like I'd love to be able to interact with as many folk as possible, just getting out there and learning all. And uh, I mean, during this, have we, have we done any like the, the online, I suppose if you're doing college, you'll be fed up looking at a Zoom screen anyway, but have you been able to, to grab any of these online seminars with the likes of uh, Andy Wilde or the Looking Sharp Dojo, anything like that? I've seen I've seen the the seminars that they've had online. They look smashing, like they look amazing. Like to be able to even 
communicate online as well. Like it's a completely di- different atmosphere. Um, even as you say, like I've been doing it with college, it's something else entirely. Especially when you don't have that like kind of like face to face feeling where you you're able to kind of put things across a lot easier. Um, when it came to the seminars, though, the, the the timing and the schedules have not really lined up for myself to get in with their kind of seminars. But I've had my eye on a few like up and coming ones that maybe I'll be able to kind of weasel my way in as well, uh, depending on how my my schedule is now that I'm not studying like I've submitted everything hopefully it's an A um, but yeah now that summer's opened up all I'm really doing is working my part-time job just now so definitely open up. Get all the wrestling in. Um, so before we, we finish up and, and talk about and um, get your social media plugs in um, what would be your advice to any female actually anyone who wants to start this this weird world just training into pro wrestling if it's something that you think you're passionate about definitely go for it like don't miss your opportunity if you feel like you want to do something just grab the bull by the horns and go for it because I would never have done it if it wasn't a case of just me going I'll just book in and see how it goes and that's basically where it went for me it was just a spur of the moment I'm pretty sure I booked a week in Florida for a year after that as well as this part of the moment but that's something else entirely <laughs> that I need to stop doing um, but no definitely just go for it give it all you've got and don't take no from anybody like show them what you've got and really prove that you're worth uh, Perfect way to end uh, Where can people find you on social media then? Uh, social media I have Twitter which is MoxieMalone91 but I'm also on Instagram as Moxie Malone. Or if you want to go to my art page, it's art underscore by underscore Moxie. I don't have Facebook, so those are the two main platforms that you'll find me on. Wonderful. Well, perfect. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, I hope people have, have listened to this and watched it and uh, are, are ready to see Moxie Malone, uh, hopefully in the near future, when the show's open up here. Nelly, thanks for having me. You're welcome.